Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 75th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds podcast. Yes, that's right, because last week on Tuesday, the 26th of January, I won Lindsay Ann Gold's Podcasting for Business Award for the Best Diversity and Inclusion podcast. So I wanted to start this podcast episode off by saying thank you so much to all listeners, uh, for people who put the time in and all my guests and everyone who supported the Diverse Minds podcast. It's been absolutely brilliant. I was up against some great other podcasters. So it's such an honor uh, and such a surprise. And it was voted for as the best in the category uh, by all the judges, apparently. So first and foremost, I wanted to say thank you and welcome. And now we can say that this is an award winning podcast. And of course, to my podcast producer, Zave Ume, who helps me and encourages me to keep going. Um, even when things have been tough. So a very, very warm welcome. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how love, also known as connection, promotes mental health. And I wanted to talk about this because, of course, February is the month of love, being LGBTQ plus history month and, of course, Valentine's Day, whether you loathe, like, don't care or hate it. And in this episode, I'm going to be exploring more about the word love beyond the heteronormative romantic concepts and how connections, which have been so different for so long, um, are vital. Now, this might feel like quite a personal topic, but I felt it was important to discuss this in light of the ongoing pandemic, social isolation, and now that we are out of the EU, all the other problems that this has caused in terms of not being able to see people or, you know, adding extra stress in lots of different ways. I think this is something we can say lack of connection or having to connect in different ways that has impacted us all. And I also have a bi-monthly newsletter, which you might like to join up to. So the link is in the show notes and I have a variety of tips and information in there. So if you don't want to miss out, please do join the mailing list. Just thinking about then February being the month of love um, and the whole idea of romance and, you know, male to female romance, if you like, uh, being bouquets, boxes of chocolates, dining for two offers, souped up cards. Uh, But a connection is, of course, so much more than that. And I also just wanted to pick up on the story of St. Valentine for those of you who might not be aware of it. So St. Valentine of Rome was a priest and a bishop. Um, So if any of you also know the story of St. Nicholas, he was also a priest and bishop in Greece. Um, But St. Valentine was a priest and bishop in third century Roman Empire. And he ministered to Christians who at the time were under persecution. And Emperor Claudius II believed that soldiers should be unmarried as they made better soldiers. But as a result, the emperor is said to have cancelled all marriages and engagements in Rome. So St. Valentine, among other religious acts, also secretly married soldiers before they went to war, despite the emperor's orders. So the emperor Claudius came to know about the secret ceremonies and he incarcerated St. Valentine. And uh, in fact, Valentine then became a saint as he was martyred on the 14th of February. And it's thought to be in the year 2. 
1969. There are also other variations on this story regarding a letter of miracle uh, or miracle that he enabled a blind girl to see and also anecdotes relating to whether he fell in love with her prior to his death. But clearly there's essence in this story and it's a very sad story and it's one of struggle going against the grain and trying to change things for the better. Um, we will all be familiar with the saying, particularly in the West, the road to true love never runs smoothly. And I'm sure different cultures have their own versions of that. So there is a big disparity, isn't there, around Valentine's Day, the original story of St. Valentine and the very different experiences or the commerciality that we have today. And when I talk about how love can improve mental health, of course, it, it, what I mean is connection and love in the widest sense. For your friends, for any relatives, for family members, for pets, uh, for people that are not here anymore, that love is more than that short-lived feeling of that a bunch of roses can bring, as lovely as that can be. And scientific research, in fact, provides evidence of how long-term relationships and ways and attachment is governed by the hormones oxytocin and vasopressin. I am not an expert on this, but if you do want to know more, I have included a link in the show notes to a website called The Anatomy of Love. Um, you could also have a look on search engines for uh, love, hormones, science of love, and there's a lot of information out there. There are actually quite a lot of research uh, groups that look at this. So... Moving on and thinking about love or connection, well, how is it good for our mental health? And I just wanted to give a overview, really, of, of how it helps us. So I mentioned the anatomy of love. I mentioned hormones. And love and hormones are intrinsically linked. So when someone is securely attached as a child or an adult, um, their stress levels actually reduce. So this has been proven by various bits of research. Just being in the presence of someone who greets us with positive regard and with a sense of caring can lower the, the levels of cortisol and adrenaline. So, you know, those stress hormones. So when we're stressed, they soar through the body and they make us feel, they drive us and they encourage us to eat fatty foods. They encourage us to feel very on edge. Uh, so conversely, when we are in the company of people that make us feel happy, we see a reduction of cortisol and adrenaline and a greater chemical stability. So your neurochemicals are in balance, which leads to increased mental and physical well-being. It is believed that connection is likely to be the most effective, one of the most effective, quote unquote, antidepressants that there is. As one of the most common sources of depression is feeling uncared for and disconnected. The second one is reducing loneliness. So many of you might be aware of the Joe Cox Foundation and the brilliant work they do. And in December 2017, they released a report that stated that loneliness has the same physical impact as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Now, when they wrote this report, clearly we weren't going through the conditions that we are now. So I think for many of us, we will have had weeks where we felt that way, days where we felt that way, months, uh, most of the year. So loneliness at the time affected 9 million people in the UK. And I think that figure will definitely have gone up. And the feeling of loneliness can be summarised when there is a disconnect in the relationships we want, but we don't have or we're not able to have. So all of us have felt that, I think, at some point or not being able to see loved ones because we're trying to protect them and looked after, look after them. And this also results in increased stress hormones causing inflammation of the body. And inflammation, if it goes on for a long time, period of time, causes all sorts of physical uh, impacts and long term physical ill health and, of course, long term mental ill health potentially as well. Social connections support our mental health. And you may have uh, seen the famous TED talk, What Makes a Good Life? Lessons from the Longest Study on Happiness by Professor Robert Waldinger. And he illustrates that the people with deep social connections, again, not just talking about romantic connections, were the happiest. It's not a society might lead us, lead us to think that it's money. It's about things. 
You've heard me say this before, that humans are pack animals. We are social and we need to connect with people, from a conversation with neighbours to being part of a community. Being part of something bigger provides comfort and stability, and talking through an issue or a challenge with someone you trust helps you to find a way forward, even if they don't give advice. We know about the power of listening. And having a support network, now most of us have a support network virtually, and we might have one or two people that are in our support network in face-to-face -face sense, it's essential to lessen the individual burden in today's stressful world. The third point I wanted to bring up is being able to love who you want. So of course it is LGBTQ plus history month and therefore we need to acknowledge loving who you want and being open about this is key. Now of course this spans wider than the LGBTQ plus community and the however the impacts and legacy of not being able to be out at work to your family to friends have incredibly serious detrimental effects. So being truly accepted for who you are, who you want to love and the opportunity to be open stops people living a lie, stops them putting pressure on them and living a lie is incredibly burdensome, stressful and has negative impacts on mental health. Studies have shown, and I've put the link in the show notes if you want to have a look, but the study I'm referring to is by, it was published by the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, and it was funded by the charity Stonewall. They asked 5,799 men and found that gay and bisexual men under the age of 26 are six times more likely to be anxious or depressed, along with having more likelihood of suicidal ideation and to act on those suicidal thoughts, or self-harmed compared to men over 45. So there's serious impacts there. And it's really important to remember that, yes, things are better, but there's still certain circumstances that will lead to certain groups having um, higher increases of mental ill health. Also, bisexual and lesbian women have a higher rate of mental ill health. And I've included that link in the show notes if you're interested in that study than straight women. So living in a society where you're accepted for who you are and who you love and being open is a very positive thing for our mental health and well-being, which I know sounds very obvious, but I think many of us who wouldn't discriminate against people who identify as LGBTQI+, uh, we wouldn't, we, we, we don't do that, but for others can be taken for granted about the struggles and the discrimination that people face. And then the fourth point is about aiding recovery. Whether you've experienced mental ill health or feeling low for periods or periods of low mood, it's the people around you that often bring you up. Uh, it's not about changing the situation. Sadly, not many people have a magic wand, but having a non-judgmental listening ear and support does make the world of difference. Just being supported, and we know that hugs are so important. I think most of us, not everyone, but most of us uh, have missed physical contact. And there is a lot of research about how hugging does release oxytocin, so one of the hormones that is associated with love. And not being able to have hugs has been very, very difficult and not being alone. Um, but when we are with people and when we feel supported, that increases the chances of recovery as well as our recovery journey. And we all need people around us who lift us up and support us during low times. Having friends and family that care can make you feel stronger in your mind, body and spirit as you know you're not on your own. And of course, we need to mention pets. I know many people have said about their dogs being a complete lifesaver during lockdown. Um, dog, I think dog sales and also dog adoptions from pet charities have gone through the roof as well. So pets can be a real motivator for people from getting exercise, the calming effect of stroking a furry animal. Um, I know mental health is much more than that. And if you want to know, uh, my previous guest, Andrew Keenan, talks about you know why puppy rooms aren't the answer to student mental ill health. But 
stroke, you know, having that connection with an animal is so, so important. And looking after and of course, nurturing pets as you have to do provides a sense of purpose and direction. And many people do prefer pets to people and can communicate them with them effectively. Oh, I really hope that has given you um, an overview around mental health and connection and what connection means and how it um, supports our mental health and well-being. And so I've listed some resources for you, the Anatomy of Love article in the show notes, the Joe Cox Foundation, and the links to the research about young gay men and mental ill health, um, and the LGBT advocate and mental health disorders focusing on uh, bisexual and lesbian women. And remember that this is this is a really difficult time. So connection is going to look different to different people, introvert preferences, extrovert preferences. And I really it's been insightful for me because I think at the end of Jan, it really hit me just how long this had been going on for. And this is not like me at all, but I've just found myself retreating and just wanting to read books and cozy up and not really speak to people. So the way in which we connect might look different and it might also fluctuate. And it will be impacted about everything that we've gone through. So to be very mindful of that and to not underestimate connection and mental health and well-being. So I really hope you found that useful. That's kicking off the first episode in our self-love Valentine's series. We've got some great episodes coming up for you. Next week, we're going to be looking at self-love and self-esteem. What does it mean? I'm going to throw in a book review for you. And we're going to be talking to a great guest about self-love as well. So until the next episode, take care, stay safe and look after yourselves. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.